Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Inez Alumi, a senior product manager at Amazon, building the recommendation and personalization experience for Amazon Style. Her career trajectory began by exploring different fields, machine learning and later design. We discussed the positives and potential pitfalls of taking an exploratory approach like this towards our fields of work. We also speak about imposter syndrome and how she addresses it. Her methods revolve around acceptance of our limitations alongside our strengths. And we discuss the liberating feeling that comes from being able to overcome our own inclinations towards perfectionism. If you're someone to tiptoe around different topics, whether that's electrical engineering or machine learning or design, what are the pros and the cons to having that kind of range? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think the benefit of exploration is obviously having that range, having exposure to multiple topics and multiple areas. Uh, different disciplines seem a lot cooler from the outside or like some of them have a shiny aspect to them and and people kind of go there out of FOMO I would say like I've been guilty of that uh but anyway things look differently from the outside so I, I would say always like explore it like put yourself in the shoes of that role before really committing to it um so that is to me a big pro one of the main cons in my opinion is uh that by tiptoeing too much and not persisting sometimes we may miss out on when it actually gets good uh and what i mean by that is that when learning a new discipline let's say coding or machine learning or something like that like the the early days will feel difficult because uh, it's new it's there's a learning curve uh, and so if if you just enter it and tiptoe around it and within like a month say it's not for me, then maybe you're missing out on actually a moment of breakthrough that you could have had say a few months later where you actually start, it starts clicking uh, for you and you start understanding it more. But isn't this the, the dichotomy that it is so very difficult to know when that time comes. If we knew when that time would be, then in some ways I'd imagine that we'd all make the right decisions. Yes, uh, I agree. It's it's hard, honestly. Uh, it's hard to understand the difference between, oh, I'm, I'm struggling because it's hard right now, I'm not fully grasping it, or I'm struggling because it's not for me. Like I'm, I'm trying to fit myself into something that's definitely not the right thing for me. Uh, it's 
it's a challenge, I would say. Um, something that helps sometimes is just to wait it out, even if it's uncomfortable. Uh, the duration can, I guess, vary depending on the career, but maybe like six months. Typically for me, six months has been the inflection point. Uh, by six months, I would kind of like, I would kind of know if if the topic was for me or not. Uh, so I guess maybe that's, I mean, everyone can define their own sweet spot, but that, I think that was mine. Yeah. When you're trying to make these decisions, what kind of time frame are you using to make them? Because in some ways I could imagine you moving from one company to another, maybe two or three times and building up a, a, a base of experience that over a three-year period might be really valuable and you could then use that and kind of play your cards and and get somewhere that you wanted to go. Or it might be that you use a kind of longer time frame where you think about it over a 10-year horizon where you want to achieve something in 15 years and you kind of structure your working life accordingly. Like, how do you figure out how long to to put these things into into frame? That's a very good question. I don't think I have a specific framework around it. I think it was the the exploration part of my career was more specifically in the beginning. I think like the first two years after college where I was not really sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I think the cycles get longer as you go because you start getting closer to where you want to be. Are you saying that it gets longer the kind of closer you get to the thing that you want to be doing? Yes. I mean, at least that was my that was my experience. Uh, because in the beginning, so I, I can maybe walk you through some of my background. In the beginning, after, after I graduated from uh, EPFL in Switzerland, I joined a, a small startup. I was one of the first employees. And so being in such a small unstructured environment really allowed me to explore a lot. Uh, I was working for six months, I was working as a machine learning engineer. And then I, uh, we had a need for a designer and I, I had a very strong interest in art and visual designs. And so I kind of raised my hands and said, I'll do it. I'll do the designs. And, and so I spent six months doing designs. And, and then after that, I, I kind of understood that where I really had fun and uh, hit my stride was at the basically the intersection of design and, and engineering, which was for me, I saw it as product management, uh, kind of being able to work across so many disciplines and understand the key issues and benefits you can get from each and putting it all together uh, as, as like one set of decisions or trade-offs that you make. Uh, I found I found that to be really the space where I I can really have fun and uh, enjoy my work, and so that's that's what I mean by exploration, like being able to explore machine learning and design, and then uh, tiptoe into uh, product management is kind of what allowed me to find what I wanted. Uh, I think it would have been difficult for me to immediately understand after university that I that PM was my thing uh, so it took a few iterations and and like trial and error uh, to find 
to find what I wanted to do. And so uh, that's why after that startup experience, I, it became more clear to me that I wanted to be a product manager. And so I started chasing product management opportunities. Um, and so that's what I mean by longer cycles, because then it was like, okay, so product is my thing. Now let me find the company that more closely aligns with my values uh, and, and the type of topics I want to work on. So, uh, so that's how the, the cycles get longer as you make progress and, and learn about what, what really uh, hits it uh, home for you. Sounds like you're picking up something precious from each one of the experiences that you're having. It's it's not like when you initially started talking about it, I thought to myself, oh, I wonder whether you did jobs that you just really didn't like. And then at the end, you kind of moved on and did something new. But it sounds like actually it was more that you did really enjoy those jobs, but it taught you something new about what you wanted to do next in a way. Exactly. Yeah, each of them I had an interest in for sure. Like machine learning, I got into it out of FOMO, quite honestly, because <laughs> everyone was going into it. And so I, I wanted to see what it was. So I kind of uh, jumped into that and uh, it was really cool. I really enjoyed the topic. Uh, but I think I I have a, an interest in design as well and like being customer facing and all of that and npm really was uh the better fit for me it's so interesting that you made that decision because of fomo but it's even more interesting that you can reflect back on it and recognize it um I, with the benefit of hindsight and perhaps when you project out to the future how do you want to decide on what skills you want to pick up or what industries you want to work in like i'm assuming that now you've had that learning you don't make decisions based off fomo necessarily what's replaced it i guess that's a very good question uh it's i see like those decisions are getting harder honestly the more i move forward it's the more i move forward the more it's about refining details like I discover, for example, uh, that I care a lot about having values that are compatible with the values of the company. Uh, that is something I didn't even think about five years ago. Uh, but now that I've seen it and now that I've experienced how like different company values can impact the working culture differently, I see it clearly as something I really care about. So in my next decision, I would for sure consider alignment of values. Uh, another thing I would definitely consider is finding work that energizes me. Uh, I think I'm just like a lot of people, I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm really sensitive to the, the type of work I do. Like if I, if I feel drained at the end of the day and it's been multiple weeks or multiple months, that I'm drained working on a certain project, I think I would quickly understand that that sort of project or that sort of work is not really what I should be doing. Um, but when you find a project or a product that actually energizes you and you end up, you end your days wanting more and like feeling really excited about it, I feel like that's something to chase, uh, definitely, because that's, that's when I do my best work. 
when I'm when I'm energized at the end of the day, even if it's difficult, even if it's ambiguous, there's something that energizes me, and I'm I'm trying to chase that feeling uh, for my for my next decisions. Risk must also play a part in it too, because the decisions get harder because you have a clearer idea of uh, what you're doing, and maybe that narrows down the choices available to you. Um, but it also gets harder because all of a sudden you now have a a skill set and a wealth of experience that is an asset that you need to deploy somewhere and where before it didn't feel as important now there's a like a risk attached to whatever professional decision you make and where you choose to deploy that asset in terms of risk uh, i'm curious what you mean by risk here is it more a uh, risk of wasting time or, or like a risk of wasting money or I'm curious yeah, what yeah it could be any about. of those I would have it could be a, a risk of not fulfilling your newfound potential it could be a risk that you you Maybe that's not right. I think it's more the risk that you all of a sudden have built up this skill set that you can now go and use. And I don't know, all of a sudden it feels like it's valuable and you need to make the right decision now. Whereas before it was like, well, I've, I don't know, I don't have a skill set. I'm just going to go and do whatever I can to find one. Yeah, it's... There's a risk, of course, any any decision you make, it's kind of a jump into the unknown. Um, what I would try to do now moving forward is vetting more, like asking people who are in that realm. Uh, let's say this decision is about, I don't know, joining another team or joining another company. Um, before, I wouldn't necessarily take the time to vet and try to talk to people but now I would definitely do because I know that's it's important to project yourself in that situation to try and see if if you would actually enjoy it um, like I said earlier sometimes we get attracted by the big shiny uh, company or the big shiny project and and end up being end up realizing it's not really your thing uh, so now for sure like to de-risk a little bit I would definitely try to call my friends who are in that situation or maybe through LinkedIn or some other tool, like try to reach out, talk to them like, hey, how's how's your day to day? Or how is how what do you think of your manager or like this other person on your team? Like, do you think are they easy to work with? Uh, what are your honest thoughts? And sometimes people won't be super honest with you. And maybe they will try to sell you to hire you. <laughs> uh, but it's, I guess it's all about asking the right questions uh, and, and trying to dig more uh, under the surface. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's a necessary step as you, as you move forward to de-risk your decisions. I think when you're finding work, you experience both turbulence in the outside world where you're having to deal with an employment market or you're interviewing with different companies 
but then you're also dealing with the turbulence in your own mind where you're maybe try, trying to quiet and some voices in your mind that are telling you to kind of don't take the risk or do take the risk or um, and it's a constant kind of I think battle against yourself when you're deciding where to where to spend your time and how to make big important decisions when in your life have you struggled with that kind of inner voice that's a good question uh i would say in in my case my my inner voices have been the words to me after i would take the risk so before before making the decision let's say to go to change to this role or go to this company i would just feel excited by the potential of it and after joining i would i would realize that or not really realize but i would get to, through some very anxious faces uh the honestly the the biggest one for me was uh after i left that startup and i started joining a bigger companies I, coming from my, my background in, in Tunisia and in Europe, I, I came to this, it was my first American corporation and getting into that, I felt, I started comparing myself to other people. I started noticing that I wasn't as articulate as other people. Uh, I was handed very ambiguous problems to solve and when I wouldn't find the solution easily, I would feel like maybe I was not smart enough and and then i got into a cycle of self doubt uh and you can call that probably imposter syndrome i i don't i don't know if i can diagnose myself but uh getting into this cycle of self doubt and thinking that maybe you were not like you fooled your interviewer and like you weren't supposed to get hired for this role but you kind of like made it through the system uh and and it feels pretty it feels pretty bad uh i've been through some times where i i got really anxious because of it and it was it was counterproductive uh because none of it is true like it's it's mostly your head talking to you it's it's fear talking uh and but it, it's hard to realize that in the moment i think in the moment the the feelings can be a bit overwhelming and you can feel like you actually don't belong at all and you should just give up and go somewhere else. Uh, uh, and But yeah, that's when persistence matters in a way. Uh, persistence and like staying in the situation and accepting the challenge and uh, talking to people as well. I think that's what really helped me. When was one of those moments for you? It was uh, it was when joining my first uh, American company. It was Yelp, uh, and it's it's funny because Yelp was actually like the most friendly workplace ever, uh, full of really great people. But I don't know. Somehow I just got into my own head. I just started doubt, like I got into these narratives of not being enough. And uh, not being hired for the right job or something, so I, I just got into that negative cycle uh, that kind of 
was working against me because I was then much more tense in doing my work and and probably a lot less creative. Uh, you know, when you when you go through stages of uh, stress and anxiety that that causes your brain to be very bad at being creative and innovative. So it it worked it worked against me uh, at that time. Uh, I didn't quite realize it, but uh, it prevented me from thinking creatively and like actually uh, finding my best work. Uh, but as I as I learned to kind of tame it, uh, tame the voices in my head and like kind of keep that imposter syndrome in check, it, it really, it started to get way better. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it still creeps in from time to time. Uh, it says, hi, I'm here. I'm your imposter syndrome. Uh, but, but yeah, the more I move forward, the more I'm able to like keep it in check. <laughs> How, how much of it is a kind of because I've almost on the one hand imposter syndrome I guess to a certain degree is healthy because if we thought that we knew everything when we went into a situation we'd probably cause a lot of problems um it's good to be humble um and imposter syndrome in some ways on 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 the one hand can be helpful there um but then on the other it borders on anxiety and it can become deep and entrenching and like you said crippling um whereabouts on that spectrum was it for you because it sounds like it was almost bordering less on kind of the this is in it <coughs> sorry pardon me this is this is less inhibiting my kind of day-to-day decision making but more like actually this is just kind of kind of crumpling me a bit there is definitely a balance, of course. Uh, I've I've definitely met people who never felt it, uh, and I once told someone told me. So I, I at some point I was talking to this uh, this woman who works as a manager in a in a company and, and she felt the similar feelings as I did, even though she was crushing it at her work, she felt similar feelings of like being an imposter. And she told me, you know what, at the end of the day, what makes this hard for you always uh, also makes it a strength for you because you have that sensitivity and that awareness and that vigilance uh, that helps you understand situations on a level that other people might not be able to. Uh, uh, she, I think she translated that as like emotional intelligence as well. Uh, and she, she encouraged me to cherish it and like accept it as, as a strength at the end of the day, because at some point I, it felt quite isolating to to feel like I was maybe the only one experiencing these feelings. Uh, like I would ask, I would turn to my colleagues in these companies and most of them were male colleagues. And I would be like, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Or like, do you ever feel like work gets too hard? Uh, and they would always be like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. The work is pretty easy. And so, so I would feel quite isolated in that feeling. And I, I would feel alienated almost because I would, I, I felt different from them uh, and thought that it was a negative thing. Uh, but 
But through talking more about it and understanding myself, I saw that there's a, actually like great strength in in being uh, kind of aware and being able to be vulnerable, and because that creates better situations. Uh, that creates, I feel, sometimes stronger teams uh, because you you kind of notice these situations when they happen, and you can you reach out to your teammates because you saw something uh, that other people might not have seen. Um, and it honestly it helps me a lot in also uh, working on products and consumer features that like. It gives you some kind of a sense of empathy for what other people might may be experiencing, uh, and I've really found that uh, I've really tried to embrace that side of it. Uh, and I don't know if this was the right answer to your question, but uh, I do I do feel like there's there's strength that comes out of it, um, but it's just it's just about finding the right balance so that it doesn't become crippling. Uh, it doesn't become counterproductive for you. Uh, and that, that balance is, is difficult to reach. Uh, it, it takes work. Also sounds like in some ways you're trying to find the truth of a situation. And it's you're not trying to... Like, if that, if that like male colleague really does feel like they're completely on top of it, then, like, that's great. Like, go and be on top of it <laughs> if you actually feel that way, um, which I'm, I don't know if they do, but they might not. Um, but it's it's kind of like, almost like, as we think about these things, we want to try and make them positive or negative in certain circumstances. But actually, in that scenario, like, this is, this is just, it is, it is, it is. Like, there's, there's, it, it it is what it is and if we can accept it and fully embrace it then we can probably then use it um rather than kind of not accepting it and then letting it cause the harm that it will go on to cause if you didn't accept it in the first place definitely yeah i think there's there's hurdle that comes from resistance, uh, trying to resist a situation or wish it were different. Uh, I think it just causes more negativity that, than it than the original problem, right? Because you start feeling feelings of um, like disappointment and like feeling different and. And feeling like you've de- you've been dealt the wrong cards in life, or something like that, which which that narrative is actually pretty destructive. Uh, but when you when you decide to be okay with it, when you like you said, when you decide to say, well, it is what it is. That's just how I am. That's how the the situation is. How can I make the best of it? Uh, and I think that's that's important. That's because yeah, life never really goes the way you exactly wanted. Uh, so it's it's important to kind of be, be flexible and uh, be okay with with what is. Yeah, it's interesting that only by accepting it can you then progress through it. And if you don't, then like you said, it it 
it reminds me of that i can't remember who says this but like the kind of it if you don't accept these types of um worries that you have or whatever then they'll lead to it leads to bitterness and which will lead to resentment and you're this whole time you're then living a narrative that actually like isn't yours it just it, it's kind of just happened around you and in some ways by accepting it you're then kind of setting your own narrative and then you build it in the way that you want rather than just existing in the one around you definitely i saw a um, tweet recently that was saying uh, I don't understand why people go to therapy when you could just look at the mirror and say it is what it is <laughs> that, that made me laugh uh, even though therapy is important I I believe like therapy is great uh, but it just it, it was funny because yeah. it is about that right it's about yeah. accepting what it is <laughs> what things in your working life have you accepted that after you accepted them enabled you to do better things than if you hadn't i think in the in the beginning i was i guess maybe struggling a little bit uh culturally with my like how articulate am i or how effective my communication is um and i think i felt I felt a little bit behind maybe compared to like other people in the workplace. Uh, I was, like I mentioned earlier, I was comparing myself a lot. And, uh, and so I started maybe resenting the fact that I was not better at like uh, public speaking or, or that sort of things. And, and then at some point I can remember, I can pinpoint exactly to which point, um, I, it started like being more clear to me, but I realized that it's, it's okay. It's okay to not be perfect at everything. Uh, I've kind of realized that my strength, my strengths reside in other things. Uh, and yeah, I can, I can pinpoint exactly to the right moment, but the moment you realize that we're all just doing our best and no one is perfect at everything uh and you just you just have to like continue and continue to try to improve and continue to lean into the things that you're great at um then it starts to feel better uh but you need to have that moment of acceptance uh in my opinion there's a there's a book that really changed things for me uh I've, i'm going to sound like a like a hippie maybe but <laughs> it's the the four agreements by don miguel ruiz or something and he he talks about four principles of life uh that kind of help you cope with every situation and my two favorite ones were uh always do your best and don't make any assumptions uh, and it's going reading through the book and it's a very quick book i recommend it to everyone going through the book you you realize that you know what like life is life is hard we're all going through our own struggles and as long as you commit to yourself that you'll just you'll do your best then it will be fine because like you you can't really blame yourself for for anything because you've done you've did you've done your best you 
you were given a certain situation uh, and maybe you were kind of tired that day and you did your best and that's fine and just move on from it. Uh, and to me, it was really, really a powerful book to read because it gave me the tools to kind of like accept and, and move forward. It almost sounds like there are two circumstances of, or two examples of acceptance that you're talking about. Like on the one hand, there's acceptance that you might be good at some things and not good at other things. And by accepting what you are and are not good at, you can then spend your time focused on the things that you should be focused on rather than spending your whole time worrying about the things that don't come naturally to you that don't give you joy. Um, <laughs> but then... The other is that by accepting that you're not perfect in some way, that gives you more freedom in a way. Um, which one of those is more important to you? Between freedom and... And then and the kind of like by accepting what you're bad at and what you're good at, then you can spend more time doing what you're good at and it sounds like you're saying two things in some ways it's like on the one hand if you accept what you are good and not good at then you can spend more time on the things that give you joy that you're really good at and less time on the things that you're not good at but then the other was that if you accept that you're not perfect then that gives you freedom because before you were constrained by this worry that you weren't enough and I wonder which one of those resonated with you the most because they almost came out at the same time. Yeah, I would say that the latter, like being okay with not being perfect, uh, I think that's that's important. The the part about optimizing for the things that give you joy, I think definitely like is also important, like trying to lean on things that, that like I said, energize you and um, bring something to you, something additive. I think that's important to find areas that do that for you. But it, it can't, uh, like work can't be always 100% joyful and, and great and, and enjoyable. Like some part of work are hard and some days will be a bit draining and stressful and, and that's okay. Like it's all about having balance. Um, but but yeah, I think for for me it was really about being okay with not not being perfect. Uh, I think growing up, I attached a lot of my uh, self worth and self esteem to my work and like my my grades at school and how good it was in certain disciplines. I was attaching a lot of that to it. Uh, Growing up, growing older as an adult, I, I, like I've I've had to detach myself from that. I've had to detach myself from like the perfect scorecard or like being good in all of those disciplines. Like, it's okay. On some some aspects, you'll be average, and you'll continue to do it because you have to. Like I, I still have to show up and like speak to people and sometimes I'll speak at an all hands or I'll do interviews or something like that. So I, you still lean into it and you get yourself out there. Um, but the burden of perfection or like that burden that 
your head is trying to impose on you, that is a narrative that's unnecessary. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely, like, yeah, freedom comes from uh, removing yourself from that uh, perfectionism. And lastly, how do you balance that with ambition? I guess ambition, the way I see it, is is kind of the force that tries to get you out of your comfort zone. Uh, it's 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 kind of where you want to be and where you want to make progress in a certain way. And without ambition, I guess we would all be probably satisfied with our current position. So like, why bother challenging ourselves or why bother making progress? Uh, ambition is, I feel, important for that. It's, it's kind of like that magnetic pull that forces you to put yourself out there, uh, to take a risk, to challenge yourself, even if it's hard, uh, and it actually show up. Uh, so I definitely think ambition goes hand in hand with, with all of this. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing how um, specifically acceptance has helped you. It's so difficult to balance both that full, that force, that magnetic pull that we all have uh, with feeling like we're enough. Um, and I really enjoyed exploring it. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's uh, it's really non-obvious, and I think asking yourself these questions is uh, is important. Um, I think, especially with work, there's a lot of fake news out there. <laughs> we see, like, especially growing up in the millennial generation, we we see all of those overnight successes and people who were coding out of their dorm and became overnight billionaires and it makes it feel and look easy and smooth and like kind of obvious when actually it's it's not obvious and it's it's not always easy it's actually it's not smooth so so i think it's important to break that narrative and like normalize just the difficulty that it that it takes like it's it's a lot of thinking you do a lot of thinking um and like mental gymnastics to to uh define your path and and yeah it, it's it's fine it's okay <laughs> it doesn't have to be like like those uh stories that we hear on the media <laughs> no i agree and in so many ways it's not like that ever um yeah i really enjoyed that that was great um i uh yeah and thanks for sharing the this kind of how, how you've managed to balance the anxiety and the imposter syndrome and how to balance it on that spectrum because it's so ridiculously difficult cool well take care awesome. thanks a lot thank you bye have a good bye. one The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work Podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation 
insightful video content and more at core.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.